What's up, everyone? I'm back again with another episode of Liverpool Perspective. Uh, today, uh, Dylan is not he here currently. I'm not really sure where he is. So, well, I guess we'll, I guess we'll be without him this week. But, but overall, uh, Liverpool still still not cannot win a game. So it's for me, it's not going very well. And we we lost we lost this time we lost to Burnley one 0 at Anfield, and we lost to United in FA Cup 3-2. And to dis discuss these two games and upcoming match against Tottenham, we brought a Tottenham fan to the podcast. So welcome, welcome, JJ. Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, thanks, Josh, for having me. No problem. So I guess without Dylan, I guess me, me this time me and JJ will, I guess, go through go through all the all the games and and talk about Liverpool and a bit of, and a bit of Spurs, obviously, before our big game. So, yeah, to get, start, to get started, let's let's go. Let's, I guess, let's talk about this Liverpool versus Burnley. Uh, this was like a we were absolutely terrible. Our our um, home record, undefeated home record of sixty eight games, came to an end. It's like the second best record. It's like second best record home record in the league in all time yeah. Chelsea was like the best 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 <laughs> this is four years since our last defeat at home against Crystal Palace 2-1 so I mean JJ what did you think what did you think of our performance obviously you were delighted as a Spurs fan but uh, I mean yeah I mean it was nice to see Liverpool lose uh, to Burnley obviously but I guess the per performance wise it was kind of tough to see Liverpool doing that poorly uh, especially like at home, since they were undefeated for that long. Yeah, and um, I don't know. It's kind of tough to see uh, such like a high tier team competing uh, that poorly against, I guess, a mid tier or bottom tier team such as Burnley. Mm -hmm. And um, I think it's more of an like an attacking aspect that Liverpool kind of has to focus on. And I understand that. Uh, with Van Dijk and Gomez out, it's obviously a lot tougher to focus on that. But there are some chances there. So, like, Origi's, uh, he was through all the way and he missed the 1v1, which was pretty tough yeah. to watch. I just, and the thing is, I saw I saw that chance, right? That Origi was on the 1v1, one one, and I was like, he's not going to score. It, like, <laughs> I don't, it, it literally, Origi is basically like, uh, when is the year we won the Champions League against you guys? It was like 18-19, yeah. 18-19. Yeah. That was like the season Origi was Origi was like on fire. After, after yeah, that, it was amazing that season. After that season, he basically disappeared. So this is basically a fin basically a finished Origi from a two we we're hoping Origi does something from two years ago. Every single time he plays. So it just like even before he, he comes off the bench to try to save the game, be clutch. He hasn't been clutch yeah. for two years. And in that chance, basically highlighted all of that. Yeah, so like that's why I thought uh, starting eleven with um for me with Salah Firmino not starting. Obviously, they were resting for May, for Man United. It's, it seemed like yeah. And, and Rigi and Ox came to replace them. I just felt we had to start our first team in this game. This is the, the, because this game was a must-win game. We that we just went seventy-five percent in the Burnley game, and as we'll talk about later with the United game. 75% of our starting line for that game. So it was yeah. very weird. 
very weird thing. And as JJ said um, about our attacking, our attack, it's not been really good. It's not been good. We haven't been creating an, enough. And it's, it seems like the same predictable play all over again. It's like the same combination with we go, we go out wide, we cross the ball. And, and most of the time, it never really worked. Like Trent had 18 crosses, none of them were complete. And because of yeah. basically because of all that lack of confidence in our final third, we're 464 minutes without a goal. And 438 minutes if you exclude the stoppage time, which is the stat everyone is using. And, that's yeah. and the first time we haven't scored in four consecutive games, league games, since May 2000. So that's even if we include when we were crap. Like Roy Hudson, um, we yeah. even Roy Hudson, we scored. We were able to score a goal in, in one in four games. I just I don't get why he was going for. I mean, I don't get why Origi was going for placement as opposed to yeah uh, finishing. I guess he wanted that little bit of flair. I I don't really get it. You know, it's because Burnley, like even though they're not as well respected as other clubs, they have a great you know defensive line in terms of. Yeah. Like as comparison to other teams in the Premier League, mm-hmm. and I think people kind of underestimate them a lot. But yeah, they, uh, they definitely do. Origi definitely should have finished that, uh, in my in my opinion. He was clear, yeah. uh, just clear one on one. I think almost any striker in the Premier League would have been able to finish that. Yeah, for sure. It was just, yeah, I don't. It was just we had so it just wasn't we weren't doing enough, I guess, to score in so many of these instances. Like, Lorigi chance was the highlight, but I mean, when Salon, when Salon Firmino came on, I saw a bit of something, of a few chances, but it, it was just, like, it, they weren't, like, big chances. It's just, we were, it didn't seem like we were confident at, at all. It, yeah. It just, I don't know. Because I guarantee you, if Origi, uh had scored that goal, you guys would have had the momentum rolling, and I yeah, would have probably sure. bet on Liverpool winning the that game specifically. Yeah. And I agree. And with with it with a team like um Liverpool who hasn't who hasn't been scoring in before this was three consecutive home games and like before this was like 360 minutes without without a goal. The last team you want to play is Burnley. Because yeah. Burnley are uh Burnley have are like a defensive machine basically. Like you yeah what we think of Burnley, right? So like they did this against um, Arsenal early on in the season, and they have these a lot of these soccer results. I remember a few year, like last year they beat Man United three zero. Yep. Uh, Burnley and teams Burnley need to be careful in terms of like facing Burnley because I think even as a Tottenham fan, uh, I mean Tottenham's obviously prone to conceding against teams that are bottom half of the table most of the time, and that like pisses me off. But sometimes like. Uh, like Burnley, you can't really do anything about it because their back line is so their the chemistry in the back line is pretty well connected and you can't really do anything to break it sometimes. Yeah. Yes. So like, moving on, like what did you did you see the argument at halftime that was going that was going on? Oh, was it between uh Klopp and I saw Dyke? Klopp. Yeah, Klopp and, and Dyke, yeah. Fabinho, I guess, had a tackle on Barnes. I had no clue what was going on. Like for being, I because like, I saw it and then I yeah I had to double check but I wasn't sure what happened because there was no yeah. uh, rerun of it. And then people said that Barnes should have got a uh, second yellow. I am, and then he scored the penalty later on. I have no, I have honestly no clue what happened there. Yeah. Like, <laughs> insane moment. 
Yeah, especially I was I was already I stopped watching watching the the game at that point. Like it was half time, so but it was very weird to be honest. Yeah, because there were what like uh, what is it? Klopp and Dyke were exchanging words on the way to the, the yeah. locker room. Yeah, it was just it was just strange. And then obviously the penalty, the Barnes scored the penalty. I think this is Burnley's first goal in like 180 something minutes or so, like yeah, 200 so. minutes. So, did you think it was a penalty or I thought it was a pretty um, strong, to be honest. Yeah, I think I think that was that was a perfectly fine penalty to give away. Uh it's just that I think Liverpool in this position are they can't really afford to be doing like yeah, that type of stuff. We just it's I guess we got very frustrated, and and I guess we it just let let it caused us to leave open space for them. And, and even, yeah, even in the first and, half, we had some shaky moments, like like when um Alice Allison dropped the ball, and and like Barnes had the shot that was safe. So we had some shaky moments earlier too. Yeah, Allison kind of almost saved the penalty too. Is that in the right direction? Yeah, he yeah. So it's. And the, and the thing also what's really funny is Mike Dean. Like there is a stat I, I saw that Mike Dean has awarded a penalty against Liverpool in both games he officiated this year, and but he's yet to award a single penalty to Liverpool in the Premier League in his whole um, refereeing career. Yet he <laughs> awarded 174 penalties for other teams across the 21 seasons. I'm not sure if this is just because I'm a Tottenham fan, but I see Man U getting so many penalties. Well, and I'm not sure if that's just because uh, that's like usually the highlight of some of the Man U games uh, in the Premier League. And it's usually just Bruno Fernandes scoring a penalty. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. You actually be surprised. We actually have, I think we have the same amount of penalties as United this year. It was, oh. it, it was la- the thing was, the, I, I've been doing, I've been saying the same thing as well. And like, at least Manchester United, I mean, they still do get some of these stuff too, but. That, that was basically last last year they had like 20 penalties or something so I think that was a big phenomenon last year rather than this year and yeah true but Mike I mean Mike did I mean is he you know, I remember remember Mike Dean was um um remember when he would I think he he was he was celebrating up like when he was playing advantage against with in the Spurs game and the Spurs scored and he was like celebrating. Oh yeah, I saw. Yeah, I saw. I've everyone seen that. Question that he's a Spurs fan. Yeah, I so saw. That. Maybe, maybe he that's had something to do with that. My yeah, God. that was funny. Yeah, maybe that's why he's being against us. I don't know. Maybe he thinks that um, Tottenham could get top four ahead of us. I don't know. He definitely holds a controversial stance in Premier yeah, League. He's a very interesting referee. Yeah. And other thing, but I you want can't. To... No, yeah, you go. Another thing I wanted to point out was Hend- our, like the impact of Henderson. Like Henderson is injured right now, and so like since this day, since Henderson, like the win percentages with him is like and without him is pretty significant. I mean, since his debut, it's not that significant. Sixty percent with him and fifty-five percent w- without him, but with Klopp, it's like sixty-six, sixty-six percent with Henderson they win, and fifty-five yeah. without Henderson they they win. So. And then that's pretty but, significant. Uh, the big significant is significant stat is like differences from the, since the start of last year. So like with when Henderson starts and plays, the Liverpool wins seventy six percent of their games, 
but only 58% of their games without Henderson. So that's a big difference. I think it shows how significant Henderson is, especially when he plays in his right position too. Yeah, I mean, because he's he's like a leader, and I don't I don't I don't think people give him give him enough credit for in terms of his position because he might not have as much flair as other midfielders, but he brings a certain mentality to the team that is pretty you know admirable, and I feel like it links the team together a lot more because if you're playing with a mixed team like your first team and then uh, some subs, then Henderson I feel like does a pretty good job of kind of like. Uh, kind of mending the same mentality between those, like those two separate players. So he's pretty important in the team, I feel like. Yeah, I definitely, yeah. Henderson is a, he's a, he's a leader, especially when he plays in like, he plays in, he plays defensive mid, but now he's playing in a number eight and he's like, make, he, he's covering a lot of ground for us. And that's a bit, that's, that's a really big, I'm not sure if it would have made, it would, I think it would have definitely made a big difference in this game against Burnley when we're obviously, when the team is struggling, we need a captain. And I don't even think our captain against Burnley, I think, I believe was Wijnaldum. I mean, Wijnaldum, Wijnaldum isn't the, the, the first choice captain is you, especially in a bad run of form. So, yeah, I mean, he's a, he's a great player, no doubt. I just don't see him with the same, you know, vocal leadership as Henderson does. Yeah. So, Especially with the games when you, when the games are like um, with no fans and like some of the games you could hear Henderson like be the one shouting at everyone and yeah and I think we also we definitely missed Henderson we we definitely missed other players like Matip was rested against May United in the FA Cup yeah I said in the preview uh, in the last in the last episode even before the Berlin game that we would lose to May United. We'll lose I yeah. said 2-0 because we're struggling with score goals or and stuff like that. Well, we lost, but uh, I think we exceeded my low expectations for this game. So but the lineup was interesting. We had it was also like a 75% strong team. We played yeah. 75% of our strong team. It's, we never went hundred percent in either game. So I guess it shows that we're going full strength against Tottenham. That's the plan, probably. But yeah, Mane was rested. Jones played left wing. Milner started. Reese Williams play, replaced Matip. I guess Henderson was still injured. That's why he's not. He wasn't playing. And the, the yeah. thing, the thing also is, Minamino was in all like that, like the promos for the game. I was like, okay, he's gonna start it then. Finally, maybe he's gonna he's gonna do something. We haven't we haven't seen Minamino since the Crystal Palace game. He came off the bench against Burnley with ten minutes to go. I'm like, okay, wow. Yeah, because I don't I don't really see what Klopp's doing with Minamino. It's just weird how this. It's weird how Minamino just um he played well against Crystal Palace and ever since then he disappeared. Like I can't find him. I'm not sure. Did he get COVID? Did he or did he? Is he injured or what? He's always on the bench. I can't see him on the bench usually, but it's just because I don't. Um, it's interesting because he's not just some he's not just some young player that doesn't have the capability to play in a Premier League game. He's a, he's an amazing player, and yeah. what is it when he's in Sal when he was in Salzburg especially he was great. Like he he flowed really well with the ball. He was able to show some creativity, but I don't see Klopp really using that to. Like the best potential you can. Yeah, the thing is, he's not even a young player anymore. He's twenty six years old. So yeah, so it seems like he has some. He has pretty good experience. I would yeah, say. it just seems like 
it just seems like we're not going to utilize him. Basically, it was a waste of a it was a waste of a player. To be honest, yeah. Unless he's not doing anything in training or whatever, it's just very confused. It's very confusing. Yeah, but obviously, Rich Williams started because we had to. We had to start him. That's how, that's basically the situation with our center backs. It's just obviously we have to rest Matip because Matip, this guy, he gets he gets injured so so easily like especially like we played on thursday now sunday that was especially for him coming back from injury we had yeah. to take a risk so we need to give him a bit of rest for the spurs game but, but reese reese williams was just was just terrible like the second goal united scored he basically missed the ball he gave up the ball a lot of times and yeah and i mean there's a different kind of pressure when you're playing against you know man united yeah, especially but, when you have uh, Rashford on the left. And and Williams was playing on the side of Trent. And Trent is the one who always bombs forward. So he had basically an impossible task, especially because United aimed at Trent's wing, obviously, because Trent is the one who goes forward. Trent, Trent yeah. hasn't been in the best form as of late, as we we iterated in the, in the Burnley game. 18 crosses, not one complete. And attacking wise and defensive wise, he, he was get, he's been getting a little exposed. Yeah. So, I so mean, I don't know. Reese Williams is still. That's how the United's first goal happened as well, where Trent Trent went too far, felt went was really forward, and Rashford had so much space. Yeah. And usually, the thing is with that in that situation, usually Henderson would be the one um, taking up Trent's position. When situations like that happen, yeah, obviously Henderson is injured, and Milner was in, in the other side of the field. Milner is the one who usually does that, and why now the Thiago aren't like those type of players who run all over the place as Henderson does. Yeah, so we definitely missed. You could see in though in especially the first goal, you could see the and even like even I think all the United attacks, you could see the the missing piece with Henderson. And how much space United got with with him not playing? Yeah, I mean it's kind of hard for, in my opinion, I guess Reese Williams because yeah. I mean, he's nineteen. He's really he's like yeah. basically our age, and and I don't think it's fair for people to you know uh, I guess hate on him after this game. It's it's a different kind of pressure he has to go yeah. up against. Yeah, you brought you brought up a good point as well with. With Reese Williams, you, you brought up a good point with him because a lot of people were giving a lot of hate for him, but he's not the one who put himself in this position. What what the reason why we're here right now is because we sold Lovren. And because we sold Lovren, we 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 only have we only have three starting center backs basically. Well Fabinho we count him as well as like a backup backup in case. Yeah. That means we had so we, because obviously we had Van Dyke, we had Gomez, we had Matip. Those are our three. And before we had Lovren, who was our fourth. But yeah. now, now in this season, we had three of them injured: Matip, Gomez, and Van Dyke. And obviously now we're just playing literally with no one. And yeah, it, and we're giving a lot of pressure on the Reese Williams, which is honestly, I mean, it's unjustified to be honest. Like, well, Reese Williams maybe in the short term. term Short term with one or two games, like against Spurs, he played well, decent. No, he played decently well, I would say. Oh no, I think he played. He played pretty good in that game. 
Yeah, he had one mistake, I think, like he fell asleep, but that could happen as a center back, especially a young one. That happens to the bet to like the best of them. So yeah, it's pretty normal. But like in the long term, it it was never going to work out. Like it was never going to work out. It's a different experience from from a one-off game to being in the first team consistently. So, so look, I mean, my question is, where is our center back signing? So obviously we had, um, I'm not sure if you heard, but we had so- Socrates from Arsenal who, who we tried to get. I think. Yeah. I saw a little snippet of it. Yeah. On, and uh, Olympiacos got him at then. I mean, I'm honestly, I don't, I don't think Socrates is a good, that good of a player. So I'm, he wasn't even at Arsenal. He was pretty iffy. Yeah. If you couldn't get into the Arsenal team, I'm sorry. Then we should not be getting him. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like trying to get lower in back. Yeah, but and like I feel like buying an impulse buy as a result of you know like yeah. they're they're um what is it they don't as a result of not having um any center backs that are in the first team it's kind of not the right thing to do because so- Socrates isn't one of those center backs that you you're like you really fear in an opposing team. Yeah, he's and, not. He's not even fast. Like it, we're, we're playing a high line, he's going to be slow. Yeah, and forwards have so much freedom. If they know about this, you know, people that go against like players that go against Van Dyke, like especially know like how much like awareness he has around the ball and how he checks his surroundings everywhere he goes. So it's kind of a different mentality. And the chemistry wise, I feel like it's not going to work like right away either. Yeah, I definitely, yeah, I agree. It, I mean, we had like, problems with chemistry already. So if, we it would be nice to get center back. We do need a center back, but we we don't we need someone who's a bit like quicker. Obviously, the thing right now at the we're saying that we want like we want the center back this that and etc. But obviously with the COVID situation, obviously I think Klopp iterated this before the game as well, and yeah, and like he was he showed for us. I think he showed a lot of frustration before the game. Like I'm not sure if you saw what he said exactly, but. He was showing a lot of frustration and that we can't get a center back, obviously. But he said that if we if we were in a normal um, state, if we were in a normal situation without COVID, winning the Premier League, winning the Champions League, we would be able to get uh we we would be able to get a center back pretty we would we would definitely get one. But now he's not really sh- sure. Yeah. But he's saying I'm not a five year old kid anymore, and if I don't get don't get what I want, I I won't I won't start crying. So that was a pretty interesting like statement. So it just I think it just shows the frustration overall with this whole. Yeah, I mean it's hard to work with the, with the team he has right now. Obviously, yeah, he can't really. I mean he's obviously frustrated because of the you know the drought, and um, I think any coach would be pretty pissed off if yeah they're not able to they're, like they can't do anything in Klopp situation. Yeah, for sure. I just so the the thing is, we I guess we know the facts. I like we we don't know the well. I said we we don't know the facts. Like we don't know the facts around the, in the inside the scenes of the finances and and that stuff. But the thing is, like we, we need. I feel like we need a center. We a center back could be a difference between winning the league or losing the league this year. Obviously, right now we're six point well six points behind United, seven points behind Man City. I still think that gap isn't the biggest gap. I think we could overcome it, but we need to start getting into good form 
And if we're going to be trusting Matip to be fit for the rest of the season, that's going to be a huge problem. Yeah. We, we, I think in the, I think getting a center back now would be, could, will make, will make sure we don't waste this season. Like, obviously, we're, we're still in the Champions League. I believe we can still win it. Like, yeah. They're still up. Because, I mean, the, the deficit between uh, Man City, United, and uh, Liverpool and Tottenham aren't terribly far apart. Yeah, it's not, and this is a crazy. Even Man City were eight points behind us, and now they're winning. Now they're yeah, uh, and Man United was doing terribly in the beginning of the season. Yeah, and now they're doing great, and even West Ham's up there in front of uh, Liverpool and Tottenham. Yeah, we didn't really hit on the positives on the that game against United. Salas, the the thing is, without game, defensively was was a bit shaky for sure. But attacking wise, we played really well in this game. Like, yeah, especially for a team without that, we're not in good form. We don't have a lot. Of, we don't have the biggest amount of confidence. But we definitely tried to prove prove a point in this game where Salas scored two goals. Uh, for me, new two assists, especially Salas' first goal it was like such a confidence. And for me, oh yeah. Firmino's been getting a lot of hate as of as of late, so the fact he got two assists that's a that's a big deal as well. Um, I feel like it's kind of hard for Firmino to, I guess, uh, stay on the same level as he was last season. Because okay, like front three was Mane, Firmino, Salah, uh, all were playing incredibly well last season. Yeah, and it's kind of unrealistic to expect those same players to compete at that same level consistently because they were playing uh, amazingly. They're getting goals, assists, each of them. And they're doing their own part, but now it's kind of hard for them to do that because the yeah. team's kind of broken a little bit. Yeah, especially with all the injuries and in this with Henderson being out. And Thiago, Thiago's playing in the six. He's he's not bad in the six, but obviously his that's not that's not why we signed him, to be honest. And we didn't sign him to play in the six. We signed him to be a creator in the eight, not yeah. to be like a tackler. Or any he could play there. He's he's all right, but like he's not. He's no Henderson, Henderson or Fabinho in that position. And that's a big yeah. difference. So, but I mean, he's still been doing pretty well considering uh, his position. He's been playing decently well. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, but honestly, so like overall in this game, I thought we played. I thought we played well overall. We I thought. Especially the second half, we we were we were creating chances. I think we had the basically. I looked at the stats at the end. We basically had the same stats as May United did in that game, and we were playing at Old Trafford. And that's not. We haven't beaten May United at Old Trafford in the cup competition for over in a hundred years, and we haven't beaten May United at Old Trafford overall since twenty fourteen when Suarez when Gerard scored two penalties and Gerard scored the the third and Suarez scored the third one. Third goal, yeah. and that was that was when we were we were we that was the, the Gerard slip year. So when yeah, I mean, but, but I just think winning at Old Trafford is definitely a competition. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely difficult. So, uh, so like looking at the stats, I mean, for we both had fourteen shots, and we both had six shots yep. in target. So with especially without our, our bad form, I think this game was an encouraging sign for us, especially with the pro with. Seeing obviously we have Reese Williams playing center back in this game. Obviously, yeah. keep playing there and Henderson being back. It's obvious this is obviously a different Liverpool team. 
we played well yep. in that game, but we could definitely play. We could definitely be much more solid defensively if we if we have a if we have a set a center back and like that stuff. Yeah, and like a bit of experience because like a bit of leadership there because a lot of times we overcommitted. Like the first goal we conceded against United, we that came because we overcommitted and we oh, we were too hungry to get goals and try to get our, ourselves back into form. So yeah, because you can see Green uh, in that specific game, Greenwood's already making a run past four, three Liverpool defenders. He's already in the open, and uh, I don't know. It's really kind of tough to see because they're all pushing upfield while it's kind of exposed in the down spot. So Greenwood's just easily like um, able to just net that in the back of the net. Yeah. Yeah, and that goal was really funny with Robertson like yelling, trying to put him. Oh up. yeah, trying to trying to distract him. Yeah, that didn't really work, but he tried. But yeah, I mean, at the at the end of this game, like we was two, two when it was two two weeks old. Great character. Obviously, when this one, I thought the game was over, but we but we kept fighting and we we got two two and we we almost made it three two at at the end. But obviously, yeah, he scored a brilliant free kick. I honestly, honestly, I thought Allison should have done better. Like I. Like he got, he left that far, that near post, op- way too wide open, in my opinion. Yeah. Like I felt, I knew he was going to shoot there too. It was like, like, I was like, Allison, get to your, like he was, he was conducting the wall and then right, and the whistle blew. I'm like, Allison, get back to where you are, where you need yeah. to. Yeah. I mean, it's really hard because, I mean, yeah. Bruno Fernandez has been amazing. He's a this brilliant season. taker. So I, I mean, even as a Tottenham fan, he's probably, I think he's probably uh, here. Yeah, honestly, he's been amazing. He's creating assists, free kick wise. He's amazing accuracy, yeah, um, and even like his ability to conform to the midfield. You know, yeah. de- defensively or attacking, he's pretty flexible, and he has a high work rate. So, yeah, I can't even hate on him for that, even though I'm a Tottenham fan. Yeah. So let's get. Yeah. So so obviously we still can't. We haven't won in the in um more than a month. It's just it's just terrible, but. Moving on, moving on for that. We had some other games. I was teams around us. Um, Fulham beat Fulham beat United. Um, two one. Oh no, Manchester. Oh no, United beat Fulham, didn't they? Yeah, they beat Fulham. They came back. They were one nil down again, and they. Yeah. Oh, I saw. Um, Pogba's goal was amazing. Yeah, Pogba's goal was amazing. Yeah. Outside the box. Yeah, that was that was a really nice goal. Yeah. So United, United keep on keep on winning. They had. I guess a decent performance. Fulham is in the Fulham, I mean, it's, Fulham, Fulham have been in decent form as well. So like, yeah, so they've been doing pretty good for um, how they're placing actually. Yeah, so they're do, they're doing. They're I mean, doing, I guess like I mean they're, uh, I mean they're like relegation, but yeah. in that specific game, I'd say that they played pretty pretty decently, especially against Man United. Yeah. So. Yeah, so obviously United keep winning. They were they were top there. In that point, they were top of the league. Yep. So good for they obviously Man City have a game in hand even even after they beat Austin Villa two 0 I mean, what did you what did you think about the that game? Because Villa kept them tight. Even even despite them not playing for like two weeks or so, Villa played relatively decent to be honest. And yeah. I mean, I mean, when you're playing against like uh, players of Man City's quality, it's obviously hard. 
But uh, what is it? Gunduan has been amazing as well this season. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I think Man City's like starting to become the team that they were originally meant to be, especially with you know yeah, they started to click how the they were all the way back. But even yeah. in the Villa game, Man City weren't the playing. They weren't doing that well, to be honest. Uh, and yeah, the thing is, they scored in the seventy ninth minute. I think was it Bernardo Silva who scored the goal. And I yeah, Silva. The question is, um, should the Man City's goal should Man City's goal have counted? I mean, you saw. Mings had the ball. Basically, they tried to send the ball to Rodri, I think. And Rodri, Ming, I think, no, I think Rodri was offside. Mings had the ball. He controlled it. Rodri just ran and, and stole the ball from uh, Rodri was pressuring Mings, and Mings just cleared the ball. So, do you, so, I mean, did you personally think it was offside? Um, uh, I don't remember much from the game, but hold on. Because I thought that was a really weird moment. And it was weird, really weird. And like, it, like you basically, so the Rodri basically came from an offside position to pressure Mings. That's basically yeah. what happened. So that's kind of, it was kind of a messed up thing. And I mean, I feel like City would have won regardless, but hold on. So yeah, that's that was that was a pretty interesting thing where Rodri yeah. just pressured him, just pressured him, and it was like so. And then the prepper, so obviously Dean Smith got sent off because he basically called the ref a clown. That's basically. Oh, yeah. And so the and then the Premier League decides to finally change the rule because the the rule is that it was, that goal counts. And the, and they say accordingly, if a similar situation to the one involved, involving Gradri's impact on Mings occurred in the future match, then the impact would be penalized for offside. So, oh. I mean, what the hell? I mean, seriously, what the hell is that? that that's called Rochester City right there. Forget Rochester. <laughs> Let's move to the other Manchester. So yeah, I mean, uh, you say said you could with the one anyway, but it's already been the 79th minute, and it was still nil nil. I mean, Villa could have definitely held on for like what was it like 11 minutes plus stoppage time. It was definitely a possibility at that point. I know it's just that Man City always like yeah, in terms of possession. Yeah, I feel like either a penalty, which they already were going to want in the end, but um, or just the fact that they're pressing high. Yeah, uh, and Villa's just trying to defend as much as they can. Yeah, I mean, um, but yeah, maybe Villa could have held on to yeah. uh, a tie for that game. Yeah, it was definitely disappointing for Villa and disappointing for for us if we wanted to make yeah. the title race realistically. Uh-huh. Uh, but then Gundogan scored the penalty, and that was basically game over. Then, yeah, obviously Villa came back and they beat them Newcastle two. 2-0, and they were phenomenal in that game. Newcastle are just absolutely crap this year. Oh, right yeah. But, but forgetting about them, like, because obviously the relegation battle doesn't impact us, think, thankfully. It, yeah. So it did impact Arsenal at one point, but now I guess that's gone as well. But, but mm-hmm. Villa, have been, Villa have been playing really well this year, and I think they're... Right now, they're really they're they can, if they win their games in hand, they're going to be ahead of us as well. So like, 
because Villa are five points behind us and they have two games in hand of Liverpool. So. Oh really? Yeah. Oh wow! Well, yeah, they are wow. Well. So Villa are really high. I mean, Chelsea are like ten. We'll mention them a little later. So I mean, so yeah. Then Man City beat West Brom five 0 I mean. I mean, yeah, that was kind of expected. I it was say. expected. I th- it was just it was just crazy. Man City had a, a goal again. You know, you, I'm not sure if you saw the second goal, but I Man- saw the second goal. It was weird. I saw yeah. an offside flag thrown up, but I was so confused on what yeah. happened. Like I, I don't know what because he now- he received the ball way onside and she flagged him off when he was dribbling in. Yeah, and West Brom stopped playing at that point. Like that referee was not supposed. When was not supposed to do that, like yeah, I I really didn't see what off what offside she saw. No, it's not. It was not like it's like if you think it's offside, fair enough. But you have to wait until the play is over. Yeah, because all the West Ham players just kind of halted after yeah, that. They and stopped. They, and then they the like, goal just went in. Yeah, I mean they should have. They should have been more prepared, obviously. Because but even even more prepared or not, I mean the the rule is you raise your flag when it when the play is over. Yeah. yeah. Obviously, they thought, they thought the play was over, but goal scored and all the West Brom. I mean, obviously now it's it's like Rochester City getting lucky twice, two games in a row with offsides, but they would have won this game either yeah. way. So, and they were already one nil up, and Big Sam is being a, is a mess right now. So, oh yeah, yeah, and, too well. yeah. Moving on, moving on with. Moving on, uh, did I mean Spurs had their FA Cup game against Wickham Wanderers? They won. Yeah. One. What What did you make? What did you make of that? You were obviously one nil down, and you guys. Uh yeah, I mean you know good start for uh, Gareth Bell. I guess starting to you know finally find his place in the team scores a goal before halftime. Um, it's just I think it was a little hard to see them struggling as much as they were until. Like the late, the late, uh, I guess like 70th, 80th minute where they started to really press up. Um, I would say Ndombele is doing really well right now. And uh, I don't know, I was just really relieved because I thought it was going to end in the draw. We, we had barely 15 minutes left and we were still kind of drawing to a team that we really shouldn't be. But, um, I think Ndombele really changed the team chemistry in terms of how the ball flows around the team. He has a lot of creativity. And I think it's really important that we have that. Because we have um we have Hoiberg as well, who's who's a really good midf- midfielder, but he doesn't, I would say, create as much creativity as Ndombele does. He's more of like a strong figure that just defends a lot. Yeah. But yeah, I mean it's a good game. Yeah, um, I mean, respect to Wickham because they held their own until. Yeah, you just made it very hard. You obviously had Kane coming on, all your good players coming on, so it was a bit of a crazy thing. Yeah, you can see Mourinho getting a little scared after. Yeah, he was scared. Yeah. Yeah, but that's our that's kind of um, Tottenham's problem right now because we play against really uh, mediocre teams that we should be easily winning against, but we score a single goal, and Mourinho has the. Uh, he has this ability, I mean, not ability, but he has this habit of just um, parking the bus immediately after scoring one yeah. goal, which I don't, I don't really see the point of, because if we're scoring one, one goal, uh, at least in the, in like by halftime or a little bit in the middle of the game, we, 
I feel like have an ability to obviously score a second goal or even a third right away because we have that momentum going through us. But he just suddenly switches off and tells, I don't know what he tells them in the locker rooms, but he kind of, I guess, obviously pushes more interest in the defense. And it worked in the beginning of the Premier League in this in the beginning of this season where we, we, were, we were holding off against um, pretty good teams, except lately it's been going pretty bad because they come back and we end up just drawing the game. You guys have a lot of problems with that as well, yeah. Yeah. And honestly, we've had so many games where we should have won, but we just – we concede a really late goal. Um, like, uh, what is it, Lanzini's? Yeah, uh, Lanzini's goal against Tottenham. We would be – right now, we'd be – uh, fourth place, like above West Ham, we'd be. You would, you would, yeah, you would be, yeah. And even against teams like other really, like uh, bad teams, we're conceding. So it's mm-hmm. something that we should really get out of habit of doing. And um, I mean, I think we're getting a little past it because he's starting to pressure more um, after halftime. But mm-hmm. still, something that needs to be worked on. So obviously now you're. You're in the fifth round of the FA Cup, right? So you're playing. Uh, yeah. You're playing Everton away. So what? What do you think? That's in like a few weeks or so. I mean, what do you? What do you think? You're confident or? Um, I wouldn't say confident because Everton are only slightly behind us in the Premier League table, and they still have a uh, Calvert Lewin who's doing uh pretty well this season. Um, and even though they're a team that's not. You know, that's that I usually didn't really think of as a strong team before. They, they're they definitely pretty strong this season. So, oh, with Ancelotti, yeah, you definitely have a yeah, he's like kind of changed the whole team mentality, yeah. which is kind of scary in a way. Um, but I think I'm pretty sure we can, we should be able to edge him out. Um, if we just play smart, yeah, just, uh, I think just keep trying to have a healthy balance between attacking and defending. Instead of just you know scoring and laying back for the rest of the match. So yeah, so basically, so you guys are playing there at Goodison Park. So it's gonna be an interesting matchup for sure. Yeah, but I feel like um, our away games tend to be. That's a good point. That's actually a good point. Well, I have I have those. Well, you guys are. I think I was looking. I was preparing obviously for the preview. I was looking those stats. You guys yeah. won five games away from home, three draws and one loss. One loss yeah. against who? So I don't know. It's kind the of only, the only know. loss you had was against us at the, yeah. That was a tough loss. And that's where we kind of start to go a little downhill. Yeah, because we were doing really well until we lost Liverpool. I mean, that game was kind of it was tough for it was tough for me to watch because. Uh, I mean, we equalized, but we kind of lost that spark like right away. Hmm. I mean, what do you think of the game? Because obviously, Marie, I was going to talk about this later, but obviously, Mourinho said the best team lost, and like, oh, that was that was kind of funny. I mean, what did he make make of that overall? I mean, I mean, to be honest, I Mourinho, like, I feel like he does it a lot for you know the press in a way, but. Mm-hmm. I think he also has he also he's also kind of staying true to it. Like he believes in what he's saying. Mm-hmm. Um, and in all truthfulness, I I thought um, I mean against Liverpool especially we played pretty well. It's just that we we 
you had got edged out in the end. The thing is, you got you had like in the beginning of the second half, you had the biggest chance of the game. It's like basically, it seemed like you guys were defending a little bit. Then you you in like the the beginning of the second half, it seemed like you guys had like Mourinho told you guys to go out and attack them and see what happens. And then at the like if it stays still one one, you just sit back. Yeah, I mean, and that worked all the way until yeah, the very last minute until you guys gave up another a set piece. Speaking of that, you guys. We we well, gave away so many set pieces piece because I saw that you guys only have conceded like four like five to seven like open play open play goals. Yeah, like you ten goals. You conceded seventeen goals this year, and yeah, all and those a lot of them are from set yeah, pieces. pieces. And I think that's our main issue because we set pieces just put so much more pressure instead of open play. Because I don't know what it is with Tottenham, but their inability to defend against set pieces is such a liability now. And if we defended against that correctly, then we wouldn't be in, in, in like uh, where we are at the table right now. Yeah. Then you um, could, and then you could subtract set pieces with obviously set pieces, but a lot of headers, like you guys, like against Fulham, you guys a lot consider a goal from a header against Sheffield. You consider a goal from a header. So yeah. You guys have it's a just lot. That, I don't know what, what it is, but um, it's just that like, I think headers crosses are so much more dangerous than other teams think they think it is towards Tottenham. Yeah, it's like the high our center backs are good and our center backs are uh, I would say pretty good in open play, but like spontaneous set pieces are probably where they fall short at, mm. and somewhat like either a forward or a defender from another team they usually find a way to just sneak in uh, right before the center back. Uh, tries to hit it away, and that's usually what causes us to end up with a with a tie or a loss in that case. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, I guess I can't really be mad about that Liverpool game against Tottenham because at least Mourinho was trying to do something because he knows you can't just sit back and defend against Liverpool because they're just going to keep coming. So at least he tried to attack. And uh, yeah, and you guys created the best chance of the game, so like fair fair enough. Yeah, it was just tough to see that last corner because I thought it was almost done. Because if we tie that game, that would have technically like pushed us uh, in terms of points, like towards a, towards like a win. Yeah, obviously, yeah. I mean, like we did like uh, we did like obviously we did, before the game we did a preview with with Chiang. That was like our that was our first episode of this. And, oh really? Yeah. So base. So we were basically talking. We were basically highlighting, obviously. Mourinho parking the bus, whether he should or not. Chiang obviously said that we should, that they should not, they should try to go at it. So you guys kind of did go at it, but I mean, mostly you did park the bus, but it yeah. was like how we kind of measured the approach that Mourinho took for this game. And I, I, guess I, I, do, yeah. I do see his point where he says the, the better team lost in terms of he got the best chances, but at the end of the day, they didn't take their chances. And Liverpool did, they had more. And more shots and more everything, and they took their chances. So yeah, I mean, you can't, I, I, we can't really do anything about it. Yeah, Our possession that. in that game was like wildly limited. Yeah, and even though we tried to attack, I would say that when we got the ball, it usually ended up it ended up with us just trying to kick it away from our half of the field. Yeah, which would just allow the center backs to retrieve it and just push again. Yeah, but, yeah. I mean, it's I know, kind of tough, I know yeah. we're, we're, we're reviewing a game that happened a month ago, but I mean, this the game that's going to happen um, 
this week, it's going to be probably a similar type of game. So it's, I guess yeah. it's a good thing to see, talk about that. So, and obviously another thing that happened, obviously another thing that happened, um, going back to like Premier League results, I, I almost forgot about this, about, um, I wanted to mention um, West Ham because obviously West Ham are now, before we, we play each other, they're fourth place, t- yep. 20 games in. They have 35 points. They scored 30 goals and conceded 24. So right now West Ham are on fire. Yeah, and, they are. Yeah, so and Sojcek scored two goals. Sojcek is, is also on, on fire too. Like he, he, Sojcek has seven goals this year. He's a, he's a midfielder. Yeah, and then and to- so Czech was on my fantasy team. I was like celebrating that he was he was on my fantasy team, and now he, and I I left him on the bench. So I'm like, okay, <laughs> fifteen. Points I mean, yeah, I mean, you should give West Ham credit where it's due. Yeah, I mean, but they're doing great. Yeah, now they have Antonio back. Antonio is a beast too. Oh yeah, he, he get he gives them that pace, and he's like their their best striker. He has five goals this year, obviously because of injury. But he, every time he plays, he's always a threat. And yeah, true. How far do you think? I mean, how far do you think West Ham will actually go in the, this year? Do you think- I um I think it's interesting. Um, I think they're gonna keep this um good run going for a little bit. I'd say because they verse you, they verse um Liverpool soon, and. I feel like they're gonna lose that, but then they're probably gonna lose a little, little bit of, a little bit yeah, of uh, morale. A little of ground, but now they won six of the, they won six Premier League games in a row, I believe. So, it's, yeah, it's just, it's just that like West Ham, West Ham does play decently against uh, like big six teams. It's just actually, no, sorry, they, they, won, they won six games in a row. That includes the FA Cup games, but overall, they're, yeah. they're eight games unbeaten. They the Which last is, game they lost was again yeah. was on the, on December twenty first against Chelsea, where they lost three 0 so Oh yeah, three 0 They took the opposite. Um, they they basically did opposite an opposite thing to what we did. So yeah, I mean, go to go eight games unbeaten with West Ham is incredibly hard, especially. Yeah. So. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. But they're doing good, and I think. Yeah, I feel like it's gonna go on for a little bit more. We're playing West Ham this Sunday, so we'll have to yeah. after but I feel like towards the end of the season it's gonna drop off a little bit, their performance wise. And um I don't know, it's it's a little I feel like I don't wanna jinx anything for them, but I think they'll end up lower than fifth place. Yeah, but what was interesting Moise said, like I want to be in the club where we have ambition to be in in at the top, so I guess he yeah, found, he found that club. Yeah, because so, there's a great club that fair play out of nowhere. Him. Yeah, fair play to him in West Ham. So yeah. and another another game I also was I forgot to mention this Arsenal. We usually we don't talk about Arsenal, but now they're kind of relatively um <laughs> um they're only like five points behind top four. So yeah. I guess I mean they're. I guess yeah. it's a pro- and Southampton are also in the race as well. Now they're kind of falling off in Chelsea's level. So, it, I mean, it's kind of weird to see all these teams that are doing terribly do so well now. Yeah. So I mean, I, Arsenal. Arsenal. I guess they rebounded a bit late, but they're doing. They're doing. Uh, they're doing well now. Yeah. And 
Yeah, they As got like a Tottenham fan. Got, kind I mean, of you have Saka doing really well there. Emery Smith. Oh doing, yeah, and Lacazette is playing. Really Lacazette's well. doing well too. Yeah. Obviously, Aubameyang has personal issues at the moment, but even with that, I mean, it overall, Arsenal, uh, Arsenal have been really good with their young talents, and that's it's a good yeah. thing. Obviously, Partey came back; he's playing really well and making Saka play really well. But that being said, Arsenal have a, a tough run ahead of them. They play Man United. They play then they play. I hope Arsenal. I can. I hope Arsenal get a result. Obviously, yeah. United that would be nice. Then they're they only play, three. They're only three points behind. The top then they only play. Then they play Wolves away, Austin Villa away, Leeds at home. I expect them to win that. Then they play Man City at home, Leicester away, Burnley away, Tottenham at home. Uh. West Ham away, Liverpool at home, so that's a, that's a lot of tough games for. It Arsenal. is, yeah. So I don't I, know. I think I feel like they're going to be back where they they were. That's my prediction. But I think yeah, by the end of those games, I feel like they will lose a considerable amount of them. Yeah, and I thought they would lose against Southampton, but fair play to them. They yeah, they beat Southampton. They lost in the FA Cup though, but yeah, but fair. um, I don't know. I think. Um, I mean, yeah, good for them though. They're they're playing well considering how badly they started in the beginning of the season. Yeah, and obviously, I don't want to see them succeed as a Tottenham yeah, fan. Sure, but yeah. Sure. um, yeah, I, I don't know. We'll see where it goes because yeah, I don't want them to have a pretty tough schedule. Well, screw Arsenal overall. Well, yeah, another another news. Obviously, we have Lamp- Lampard out, Tuchel in. What what? Oh, yep. That I mean, it was coming. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what I don't know what anyone else expected. It was kind of like it wasn't out of the blue or anything. Lampard yeah. was losing uh, a majority of the games that he was playing with Chelsea. Yeah, and so- I don't know. They started out really well in the beginning of the season too. They were on top of the league for a bit, um, but he kind of fell off. And I don't know what it is, but I think Tuchel uh, is pretty good replacement. Because he, um, in PSG, he, he coached pretty well. And I think I saw it before, but he has, he has like, the uh, the best, what is it, win percentage in League One. Yeah, and but obviously it's the French League. It's, yeah, it's, it's clearly different. It's just that I think it's, 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 gonna, it's definitely going to be different in terms of play style. But I'm kind of excited to see what happens. Yeah, uh- I mean, do you think Lampard is the right? Um, do you think like obviously a lot of pundits are saying that um, Lampard deserved more time? This that. Let's be um, a lot of these pundits are Lampard's friends, so obviously they're going to be um, soaking up to him. But what, I think in, I think they're right in a little in in some way because you know uh, coaches usually don't get sacked that quickly. Yeah, but Chelsea. Lampard was kind of I don't know the team was doing terribly. So yeah, it's just the thing is that it's basically this is basically a situation of the manager learning on the spot, right? And yeah, and the thing is, he's a, in that situation, when you actually decide to hire Lampard, you need you need to give him time. And I think in the situation, like in the situation that they are in, you need to get you need to give a manager time if that's if you want to go for an experienced manager. Like for example, let's say Arsenal. I honestly, I thought that Arteta should have been, I, Arteta should have been out. But I, I just felt that Arteta wasn't the right pick for Arsenal, especially in the times that they're in. Yeah, I kind of expected Ar- it to be sad. Arteta's learning in the job, 
and like that type of stuff. But Arsenal kept him because they they believe they believe that Arteta is learning in the job, and like if they hired him, they need to keep him, and that's fair enough for fair enough for Arsenal, right? But yeah. Chelsea, they're very impatient, and obviously, and that it just made the Lampard hiring seem pointless, to be honest. But to be fair, Lampard did a lot of good stuff with the youth, getting the youth up. But once the yeah. once they had Werner coming and a lot of these signings, they couldn't gel them together. And Lampard seemed like he was, he is very inexperienced in like in getting the best out of these world class players. Yeah, so, and I mean there was definitely a factor of him being a veteran player for Chelsea and his hiring as a manager. But um, I mean, yeah, they cut him a little early, but I would say that. I wouldn't have expected anything else. Like I get he's new and he's testing out um how to, he's just, like learning how to manage properly. In terms but, of Tuchel, I think Tuchel's more experienced, but I, even he hasn't done much to be honest. Like if we look at what he's done, he hasn't done like a, he hasn't been that impressive. Like in Dortmund, it, like obviously um in Dortmund he Tuchel took a team from like Klopp that had a oh, yeah. good players. Obviously they had one bad season and that happens to every team, but they were, they're really, like, with Klopp, I mean, they were, like, always in the title race, but not, but with Tuchel, like, they had a lot of young players coming in, and similarly, Tuchel did very well to integrate them, right? With Pulis, yeah. these type of players, but they they won the Cup in Germany, but they they were always really far away from Bayern, and and they, I think they got quarterfinal in the Champions League, where they should I think oh, no, the, they should uh, have the lost to Monaco too. They should have got to the semis that year as well. Yeah. So I mean, obviously they had an easy draw with Benfica. Then they they got out to another not not the best team in Monaco. So yeah, I I I'm not really a big Tuchel fan. Obviously, PSG got to the final last year with him, and even then that they they could have easily lost to Atalanta that year. Yeah, true. And they like, and that would have been all, all different. Obviously, they had the relatively simple run. If they didn't get to the final that year, they would have bottled it again. So, so just and obviously, it's kind of interesting to see Pulisic uh, and Tuchel working together again because Pulisic worked. Pulisic played oh, yeah, for him Well, I just, I, I don't know. I feel like Tuchel has a lot to prove in Chelsea. Yeah, and it's definitely different from League One, so we'll see and how he does. Dortmund, I mean, Dortmund, he hasn't, he didn't really get much, that much success at Dortmund as well. He he's showing a lot of promising signs, but again, it, being in Chelsea right now, he has all the players, which is good, but it's a tough ask, especially with how competitive the league is. So we'll yeah. be interesting to see how how he actually does. To be honest, yeah, that's my. So yeah, so. With that all being said, let's get into the let's get into the Spurs versus Liverpool preview. Then, let's all right, into it. So, obviously, so yeah, obviously we've been talking a little bit, like getting into it a little bit, but now let's just, let's get right into it. Obviously, so Liverpool have I'm gonna have a few stats. Like obviously, Liverpool have won their previous six matches against Spurs and haven't lost to Spurs in their last um seven meetings. So. That that record is. Do you think you guys could break that? Do you guys think you could break that tomorrow? Um, it's definitely tough to say, but I mean, Mourinho is definitely going to bring up the the flaw of Liverpool's inability to, you know, uh, have a winless. I mean, have a win winning game. 
mm-hmm. or uh, kind of their draft goals. But he's definitely going to try to push that to our advantage. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's kind of interesting because even though you guys are having a tough time, I still have some doubts about how well Tottenham can play. Because I think in the past, it's it's more of a mentality thing in terms of how well we play. Like, we've, I think we've always had some sort of fear about Liverpool because Liverpool, and we lost to them in, you know, the Champions League final. That completely crumbled us. We started playing terribly yeah, after yeah. that. And I guess the uh, last month's game where we lost 2-1, uh, we, we were playing really well before then. And I guess our loss to you was kind of also the beginning of the downfall uh, to where we are now. So I think we have a chance. It's just tough because if Mourinho plays it right and in terms of when he, when he wants to attack and when he wants to defend, then I think we could probably win it um, or at least, you know, get a tie in. Yeah. But I think even as a Tottenham fan, I, I still have some doubts of Tottenham being able to successfully compete against Liverpool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to bring up a few, like a few things. Obviously, I mentioned that stat, and I mentioned that I mentioned that same similar type of stat against Southampton and against Newcastle, yeah. and I was like, and then, and then in both of those games, those records were were gone. That was it. The record we didn't we didn't we our winning streak in, in, against those two sides stopped. So that makes me nervous about this game because obviously we have a six match winning streak against Spurs undefeated in seven and yeah. that, that, kind, that kind of gets me a little nervous to be honest so but in all like without statistics obviously based on, on this game and like head to head without it like yeah. right now we're in bad form we're in bad form and i think Mourinho will look at a lot of the stuff like the main night game was definitely a good test for us because spurs are going to play a similar way to that obviously spurs are going to expose try to expose the wings yeah, Trent and Rob, especially Trent's position. That's what we, they did, even did against them. Um, they did against us at Anfield. Yeah, and that's what that's basically what's going to happen. Obviously, Reese Williams won't start at this time, right? Because Klopp said, yeah, that no, Klopp, Klopp's definitely going to want to. have trained yesterday, and they should be, and it seems like they should be available, right? That's a, yeah. Unless so he's trying happens. to bring out the best team, probably so, for Tottenham. So I do think we're gonna have the best team, the best team possible. So, but the thing, obviously, we're still struggling. We still haven't scored a goal in the league for a while, and that gives concern. But the main United game, it, I get optimism with that. So, I do get some optimism regarding that. So, I mean, yeah, it's it's kind of hard to say because um, even if even with your injured team, you guys have a pretty strong lineup going. Um. And Tottenham usually in the past has a tendency to not being able to like use that to their advantage in terms of injury. So yeah, I found I was looking at the waveform, our waveform, and your home form, and I found that really interesting because our waveform. Oh, I knew this for a while, but our waveform is absolutely shocking. Like it's terrible. Like we have two wins, five draws, and two losses. Away from home. That's 13th in the league. Mm-hmm. We only won one match in our past five away matches. So, I, I mean, in terms of why, uh, why is our away form so bad? Is like the question for us. Like, I feel like it's like it's like clashing with you know Tottenham. It's like 
Liverpool's strength is definitely Anfield, and that's probably the main reason that you know Anfield uh, was this place where Liverpool went undefeated for for about four years until Burnley came around. Yeah, and I think their home, the like being able to play on your home turf gives them a much bigger advantage and in terms of mentality, like how much more they want to win this. And for Spurs, yeah, I mean, it's more like without fans. Even without fans, it seems like Anfield is still a fortress overall. Yeah, it is. It is, and not- I think for Spurs, it's like Spurs is more reliant on the fans because we've switched stadiums already so many times, and I feel like it's not really a stable home yet. But uh, yeah. I think the way that the players connect with the fans at Tottenham is probably what pushes them to play well uh, at home, and that's why at away we probably do better because we want to. You know, like make the fans happy. Obviously, yeah. Our waveform is just really interesting, to be honest. How we the thing is with the way, uh, we haven't really played the away game against one of the big six yet. I don't think. Actually, no. We played Man City away, besides which is a good, a decent point one one. Besides, yeah. we haven't really played. So we haven't really played like one of the teams. We played like a lot, a lot. A lot of our problems came from the lower teams, basically. So yeah. far, where like they either park the bus or they either or they either play a lot they either go at us and play well and like kind of catch us from catch up catch us on surprise with on surprise mm-hmm. so that's what but your home form obviously you have four wins three draws and two losses with the seventh in the league yeah i mean that's not I terrible dropping points at home you obviously mentioned like you're moving stadium stadiums this and that i mean do you think yeah. you have an impact with it, obviously, when you had fans, you beat Arsenal 2-0. So, I'm yeah. I mean, it's kind of hard because, I mean, we were, at, we were at White Hart Lane for such a long time, and that probably felt more more of a home than uh, our new stadium does. And obviously, our new stadium is amazing, and it's it's definitely an upgrade, and the players deserve it. It's just it doesn't have the, probably the same ambiance as White Hart Lane did for the players. So I think it's it's just a matter of the fans, honestly. And um, I guess, like, when we beat Arsenal um, in the Derby, we had some fans in the stadium, and we were playing a lot more vibrantly. Yeah, maybe. Um, as opposed to not having fans, yeah. So I think yeah. that's probably the main difference. Yeah. Another thing, obviously, you were talking about you guys you guys um, always taking the lead, and then you and then you give it up. And I think this, this stat shows it the most than any other stat. Because only Man City have scored the opening goal in, in more Premier League games than Tottenham this year, and yeah. Tottenham took the lead in twelve games, and like the, they scored the opening goal in twelve games, and that, and those ended up four seven wins and five draws. I so, mean, I mean, yeah, there's no really, there's not really excuse for that, and that's yeah, probably why I think Mourinho needs to stop parking the bus only if it's necessary for us to park the bus. I think the only time that we're safe to park the bus is. When we're at least you know three nil up safely or two nil up safely with like a few minutes like ten minutes to go, but even then we lost we tied to West Ham. They yeah. scored three goals in about 15, 10 minutes. I just feel like the thing right now, like, the thing I would argue with this is is Spurs isn't. I it's I think Spurs are forming into the Mourinho team that Mourinho wants, and they're the, the signings Spurs made were real as you mentioned before. They're really good, right? Yeah, I was really happy with the yeah. transfers. I just my I just think right at currently like obviously compare Mourinho's best teams with like Chelsea and like like and that type of. I stuff. mean, yeah, those were like incomparable to Tottenham. Like, 
it's, it's like you guys are really good. I like you guys are really good, like compact, like as a collective group. But I feel like the problem is individually. Like Eric Dyer has a mistake in him. Davison Sanchez has a mistake in him. So I, th- I think yeah. like the main, I think that's the main problem for Spurs. Like you guys still need, you you guys are still missing a center back in my opinion to compete for like. No, oh, yeah, I, I agree with that completely. Because we signed the. And especially you guys, Rodon, but... you guys can see so many set pieces. So it's like you need like someone commanding in the air because that you guys can see a lot of set pieces and headers. And that's yeah, the- I know because uh, when we had um, uh, Vertonghen, he was, I feel like he was probably the best we had in terms yeah. of voicing his opinions and getting the team back on its feet, yeah, along I, I, with uh, Hugo. But I feel like that's a big, but, bigger problem for Spurs rather than parking the bus because even when you do park the bus. Yeah, this could happen, but like you guys are conceding so many goals from set pieces and like it, it, and like from headers, like that's the that's it's so ridiculous in my. <laughs> I know, and it shouldn't really be happening because if you see other teams in the in Premier in the Premier League, they don't concede that much. Usually, it's just heads away or um, usually a center back gets and just kicks it off. But usually, it's just open play. You guys, you concede goals like some. Like, yeah, all right, and um, Tottenham just I don't know. They have to fix this problem which is why every time there's a set piece involved in terms of like even any team you know i get kind of like i get kind of scared because yeah, even we scored that's... a set piece against you guys we have no one we have no van dyke no matt no we had no matt tip in that game yeah it was for me from a, from a <laughs> corner which yeah. was like really like yeah. i didn't expect it and um like even other teams they just take advantage of that because they know that's our weakness and other managers obviously know that that's where we hurt the most. So they just probably ask the players to try to run up, uh, get fouled, uh, and then just get a set piece. And that's where we usually kind of draw the line and start yeah. uh, at least like losing our uh, lead or just start losing the game in general. Yeah. Another. Th- so okay. So obviously lineup. So what do you guys? What do you think will be your lineup for this game? And then I'll give you mine. Uh. So this is. A- I don't know. This is kind of tough, but uh, I would say in the front three, obviously, uh, Sun Kane, uh, Sun left winger, Kane striker. Uh, I don't think he's going to play Bale because Bale's he's only using Bale's for specific teams that the cup games. Uh, right? Yeah, like FA Cup games and stuff. He has like a specific squad for that in general. What do you actually think of what do you actually think of Bale at the moment? Because I remember you you said at the start of the season that Bale probably will not perform as well as he as we would like yeah no i definitely called it i mentioned it uh to a lot of the, uh like my friends who follow yeah, soccer you, or you football. Me too, so like you told yeah me, like, what because uh, what do you think overall is he i think i think he's starting to find his stride he's definitely happier in tottenham than he was in real madrid but it's still a long shot from what he was at madrid i mean he did so much for that team and i think we're just hoping that he comes back as yeah. that same specific player, but it's not really easy to ask that of him when I guess his whole like background has changed. I mean, it's obviously a positive change because he he's finally able to communicate properly. But um, I mean, with uh, the game against Wickham, he scored, so I guess that's a little bit of a boost. And he's been um, he's been okay in terms of delivering into attacking areas and yeah, stuff like that. In the, especially in the FA Cup, so I think he'll get better from now on. It's just kind of steady. 
Yeah, yeah. Okay, so what? Okay, who's gonna be your right winger then? I would think Bergwijn right now. Bergwijn. Okay. But even though Bergwijn's had a lot of misses right now, he's he's had a lot of like misses that he should have uh, netted. But I think Mourinho's just trying to get the best out of him right now. Yeah. And that's probably my choice for right wing. Okay. So um, your, who's your midfield defense? I would say midfield and Dombley for sure because he's been on fire right oh, now. Of course, yeah. And uh, he's he's so good in terms of moving the ball around. Mm-hmm. And I guess a lot of the times uh, the defenders can't even, you know, they try to take the ball away, but he's so fluid in terms of his movement. So yeah, yeah. definitely him. Um, I'm going to have Hoiberg uh, in center mid or center defensive mid because he's amazing at tackling oh, yeah. and tracking the ball back. He has amazing game awareness and game sense. And whenever like a center back pushes up, he takes it, he takes their spot and he actually defends really well. So I, I would probably want him to start along with Ndombele. And I think the last one might be uh, Winks. He played pretty well against Wickham. Um, he was getting the ball moving too. And uh, I, it's kind of hard because he, he was having a tough time at Tottenham for um, the last month and a half, I think. And he wasn't starting as much. You think Wings will start? Okay, that's an interesting shout. Yeah. Uh, he, I wouldn't usually put Wings, but I'll just try to put him up there for now. Okay. So now it's just you think Wings, okay? Yeah. Um, defense, I mean, you're, uh, Larice, obviously, goalkeeper. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say Regulon, left back. He's probably, he's been such a great impact on the team in general. Like, he's been such a change. And if, especially with Bale, he has pretty good chem with him. Mm-hmm. And he's fast. He's quick. He, he delivers into the box spontaneously, yeah. which is amazing. And he was definitely an uh, upgrade from, um, you know, Danny Rose. Yeah, for And sure. I know Danny Rose left, but I prefer Regulon in this situation. Yeah, for sure. Uh, center backs, I would say Dyer and Alderweireld because they're probably our go-tos. Um, I don't think he's going to play uh, Joe Rodon yet because – He's probably using Rodon for the cups as well, mm-hmm. or just to find his ground in top. Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. Uh, and yeah, and I think lastly, right back would be Arier because Arier, um, ever since Doherty arrived to Tottenham, Arier's been actually like fighting for his position. Yeah, I know that. I, that well. I saw that. Yeah, he's been playing. Really yeah, well. and I'm like, that's like amazing. Like, I'm actually glad to have him in our team because he used to be a real liability, but now. I'm I'm kind of fine with having him in our team, and even if he makes a mistake, like I'm fine with that because yeah. he's been he's been amazing for uh, I guess this start of the season and even up to now. So yeah, I think that's probably my lineup for now. Yeah. So like my lineup, I mean, actually, do you guys think? I mean, you got you're saying like a four-two-three-one. Do you think Mourinho change formation or? Um, in the lineup, but like, do you think he'll change formation? Like, he played four four two against us last time. So, I mean, what, do you think he may do something like that? Or I feel like he's gonna play. Or you think because he's home, he's gonna play the formation, that formation? He's. I would definitely think he would play at least a three up top. Mm-hmm. So maybe like a four four three or like a four two. Or no, not a four two three. A four three three or uh something of that sort. Because okay. he definitely wants us to attack against Liverpool. He's not going to... I hope he doesn't park the bus against Liverpool. But um, he's definitely going to want attacking options. Um, and 
our midfield is going to have to stay composed and together. Yeah. So that's probably why he's going to – he might change it up, but I think he's, he might mm-hmm. stay at a 4 3 for now or maybe like a 4 4 2 or something. So okay, Sonny King so, could probably partnership. Yeah. Okay, so my – so basically my – my lineup would be Allison, obviously, yeah. Robertson, Matip should be back, so Matip, uh, Fabinho, right will be, yeah, I want Fabinho still center back, obviously. I don't want anyone else. Yeah. Uh, right back, who's right back? Right back, oh, Trent, obviously. Trent has been in yeah. the form, but I hope Trent will, will finally perform. We need him to perform. I kind yeah. of already mentioned Trent's poor performance. I don't think I need to iterate that again. Uh, yeah. In the midfield, we have uh, Henderson need will be needs to be in the number six. Obviously, he's the one covering the ground and all that yeah. type of stuff. So we need him there. Then we ha- we then we have Wijnaldum, obviously consistent, and yeah. And then Thiago. I want Thiago in the number eight. I want him to be creating the chances, as I mentioned before. Yeah. And then the front three picks for itself. That's basically. Salah, Mane, Firmino. Yeah, so definitely still a strong team to go up. Yeah, against. that's the strongest team we have right now. Yeah, and I feel like Klopp's definitely going to want to use the strongest players he has because yeah. he can't really afford to at least even tie against Tottenham. And neither can we. This is a must-win. So, okay, so what's your score prediction? Um, This is tough. Uh, I'd say it might end up just 1-1 Tottenham, Liverpool, or... Uh, maybe two on Tottenham in the best best case scenario. Honestly, for me right now, it's just hard, so hard to be confident. To be honest, like <laughs> so I'm just honestly, I'm just at the moment. I'm right now. I'm in the in the we're gonna lose point. So I'm I'm like two nil Tottenham right now. I I just want to be proven wrong. Oh wow, really? Yeah, I just want, I, we haven't scored forever, so I don't know. It's it's hard to. It's hard to. We haven't been in such a run like this since May two thousand. So yeah, it's tough. But I, 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 I still feel like Liverpool's going to score. I think we do have a chance if we play like we did against Man United, and we obviously we have Matip. That I'll be. Yeah. I just want to see. I honestly just want to see the lineup. If yeah, me too. If we see the lineup that I'm saying. I'll. I think I'll be more confident. But obviously, yeah. me saying it and me not knowing what's going to happen. So that's my thing so before we we, we end this episode we, i want to like quickly preview actually obviously we have we play west ham as well after this obviously right now because we won't do another episode until then until after that game so i want to preview that a, a bit quickly because we kind of already kind of over yeah time but west ham west ham will also be a really tough game for us we obviously West obviously West Ham right now are ahead of us heading into this. So this could be another like top four table class at the moment. So it's pretty we have won our three previous games against West Ham. Yeah. I feel like it depends on how the result comes out with Tottenham and uh Liverpool. I think that will either affect you guys positively or negatively. Because yeah, West Ham is definitely doing well, but you guys are not far behind, neither are we. And I still think it's a winnable game for you guys. Yeah, I yeah, it's definitely winnable. It's just two big games, obviously. West Ham and Liverpool; th- those are really two big games. Obviously, right now with the lineup, I won't be predicting a lineup for this game because 
we we need to see how this game this Tottenham game goes plays out. Yeah. It's gonna be too unfair to predict something, to predict a lineup. But yeah, it's gonna be a very tough game for us. Honestly, my prediction is gonna be based on probably the Tottenham game or how it goes, but I don't know. Right now, right now, I'm honestly right now. If I have to predict anything, I predict we'll lose every game. So at the moment, that's that's the, <laughs> at the moment. So yeah, it's too. It's hard to say what what's going to happen. But West Ham is going to be a really tough game. West Ham are in such a good form, and we're in such crap form. But that top this yeah. top game is so important for us. Like even, even yeah, same same for us. Yeah, the title race. I feel like the title race. I'm not sure what you think. I think we're still in it. And I think, yeah, I think we're still in it. I think at the at the most, we're hoping for a Champions League spot. Yeah, um, and I think, that's. I think, I think ultimate. I think we could still be, we we still have the squad. Obviously, Tottenham. I don't think they have the squad personally, but I think Liverpool have the squad to fight for the title. Still, it's just they need to start yeah. winning ways. So this Spurs game is so huge and monumental to stay in the top four race and still be have a shout in the title race. Yeah, because and these, I, I our know. next few games are really hard. Like West Ham is hard. Then we play Man City. We play even Brighton's not easy. So it's just all these games. Obviously, um, you guys play Brighton away. That's gonna be an interesting game as well. Because yeah, uh, even Brighton, um, I would say holds a probably a defensive advantage. So it's like kind of like a Burnley thing. We we don't perform well against uh teams that are lower and mediocre. Like if you see the results, it usually ends one nil. Mm-hmm. Us maybe or one one something like that. And Your waveform is pretty good. Yeah, I I kind of hope we could keep that up for now. But yeah, we'll see. Yeah, that's gonna be uh, interesting. I mean, what do you what do you have like a prediction yet, or like, what do you think? Um, for was, Brighton. Yeah. Um. Uh. I'd say maybe one nil Tottenham, two nil Tottenham. Or maybe two one or yeah. something like that. This is the thing. The thing I w- what I see with Brighton is that they're a good team offensively, but they think they well they're good with possession, obviously with that. But they they they're not clinical. They don't really they play nice football and all that stuff, but they don't score. Yeah, so that's why I see. So I think you guys could keep a clean sheet against them. Yeah, I'm hoping to. So, yeah. Then there's a few other games coming up. A few big ones like. Um, Everton play Leicester. That's gonna be like yep. a, a third version. Yeah, that's gonna be a pretty so big game. That's gonna happen in like a few hours from now, as we we're speaking. Obviously, yeah, and uh, Chelsea and Wolves are playing today too. Yeah, they're playing not... right like in fifteen minutes. But let's first yeah. get into the Everton Leicester. What do you think? What do you think will happen? I think Leicester will probably beat them with the edge because Leicester Leicester also has been amazing in form lately. So. Mm-hmm. I'd probably give the win to Leicester if anything. I mean, both teams have. I think both teams have been in pretty. Yeah, yeah, you no, know, both teams have been. It's just it's that every time I play, Everton are pretty. I think, I think with Everton being home, I'm kind of backing Everton to win, to win this match. To be honest, but yeah, be, actually, yeah. But I don't know. It could go either way. To be honest, if Everton, if Everton win, we're we're going to be heading into this game being sixth versus seventh. <laughs> I'm kind of hoping Everton wins just so Leicester kind of yeah, takes so a slow, slow a little down. Either, but I mean, if we lose against you guys, we'll be seventh. Yeah, I mean, it's gonna be a tough game. Yeah. Uh, then we also have we have Chelsea versus Wolves, as you mentioned already. So yep, 
I think Chelsea will still win. You Wolves have been win? doing. I think Wolves were doing amazing last season. I don't know what happened to that. Uh, Troy always like no, nope, but you know their season. last win. Wolves' last win was against Chelsea. So. Oh really? Yeah, they beat them. Too. I mean that was that, that was still that was like no a that was ago. that was without that was without Jimenez. Oh okay okay oh yeah because Jimenez had that whole head injury. I'm looking at the lineup right now. It's an interesting lineup. They have they're doing, they're not even starting with a striker. They have Neto and Traore up front. And I mean Neto's dangerous and so is Traore. Really so both of them are and, yeah. And Chelsea are starting Havertz, but they're not. They started Giroud. Oh, Werner's I mean, still Giroud's, not playing, and Pulisic is not I, playing. Yeah, I think. Um, I I'm predicting a one-one in my opinion. I think it's gonna be a draw in this first game. Okay, I, I, I think it's going to be 2-1 two, two, or 1-0 for Chelsea versus Wolves. Hmm. So you think Chelsea 2-2 two, two will get them back to 4? Yeah. Obviously, May and I are playing Sheffield in early, later on. Uh, May I think obvious one for Man United. 3-0, whatever. Yeah. Um, then Villa also near us. So they're playing Burnley right now, like very soon. So what do you think? Um... I, I think Aston Villa will edge him out with the goal. Yeah, Burnley's a hard team to play against, but yeah, I don't yeah, they are. People I, underestimate them a lot. I think that, yeah, I think they'll, I think Villa will edge it out as well. Yeah, um, wait, there is like a few more. Obviously, Man City plays Sheffield next time, next in, in their next game. Okay, so that's gonna be like a four 0 five 0 whatever. Yeah. Uh, then there is there's. Oh yeah, there's Arsenal versus United. That's the big game. Um, United, probably. Not you back United. Yeah, I mean, I can't really. I mean, can't really. It would be nice if Arsenal do win this, but I would love it if Arsenal beat Man United. It's just that I mean, Arsenal's in good form, obviously, at the moment, but uh, Man United's also on a different level. To be honest, yeah, they haven't. They've been playing like mid to bottom tier teams for the most part. Southampton was a big one for them, in my opinion. But oh yeah, Southampton was probably the biggest one out of the last few they they played. Yeah, but I still think United will win like two one. Yeah, yeah. My that's my take. I mean, Chelsea right now are bottom tier two right now. So yeah. So I think that's yeah. That's basically oh yeah. And then Southampton play Villa too. That's going to be interesting. That's another yeah. interesting one. So. Yeah, there's a few of these inter- a few of these interesting games this week. Uh, there's so many games going on, but these like, every three to four days. So that's why uh-huh. I guess that that's why this episode went really long because we, there are so many games thick and fast that we need to preview and react. To. Yeah, it's I guess exhausting. Obviously, I think Dylan didn't. I guess Dylan didn't make this podcast, so it's gonna be <laughs> it's our, our first episode without him. So. So yeah, I get. I think we did well overall. We just we went really, really, really long in this. Yeah, but I think it was worth it. We I think it was kind of like talking about it. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, good luck for for Spurs tomorrow. Yeah, it's, yeah. Good luck for Liverpool. It's a big game for us, and we'll, we'll see. We'll see you next week. We'll see you guys next week for another episode of Liverpool Perspective. See you guys later. Bye. All right, thank you. Goodbye.